0: Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of the Winget It F1 podcast. Today we're going to be previewing the Spanish Grand Prix at Barcelona. I'm Freddie Coates and I'm here with Nigel Chew and Adam Dickinson to help us go through all of our talking points for this podcast. Nigel, how are you doing?
1: Pretty good, yeah. That's caught me out of that question. But yeah, I'm fine.
0: Don't get enough people asking how you are. That's quite sad actually, Nigel. Anyway, Adam, how are you
2: doing? Uh, I'm a bit worried that we're not going to have enough to talk about this episode because there's not been much going on. Um, oh, there's always the enough to world. talk about. So, yeah, I'm not sure. If only there had been some massive news
0: well, over the last could... week
2: that had given us some uh, some stuff to talk about.
0: If it all goes, Other than that, I'm okay. If it all goes badly, we can just just help Nigel <laughs> out. Um, so, the first topic of conversation, which obviously isn't a big one is the, according to Adam, is the Concord Agreement of 2020, which is actually quite big. Um, so Mercedes have been kicking up a bit of a fuss, saying they're not going to sign it, and the deadline is this week. Um, Nigel, what do you think about this? and Can you sort of run through Mercedes' troubles?
1: Yeah, so the deadline is today, so hopefully by this time the podcast is out, the news will already be out and this will be completely outdated. What well, never mind. Uh, yeah, Mercedes <laughs> are, are a bit reluctant to sign the agreement basically because they're not happy with the financial terms because Ferrari are still getting the historic pay because they're Ferrari and the rest of the grid, uh, the pay, that, however that's been distributed, has been evened up a bit. But Mercedes have got the worst of it, so they're not very happy about that, and Toto Wolf has been talking about it, saying that uh, the teams are like, I don't know how to describe this, the the teams, when they're doing the meetings, they're not happy, but when they're talking to the media, they're saying they're ready to sign. So, Mercedes are not happy with the rest of the grid, essentially, and it's quite important because Mercedes will have four, will power four teams next year So, their negotiating power has really gone up. And, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what what happens from that. I do expect Mercedes to sign the agreement, but they could still pull out, not at the end of this year, but at the end of next season before the new rules changes. So, a lot could happen over the next 12 months with, with Mercedes.
0: Yeah, Adam, what do you think on that? Do you think Mercedes are sort of looking for kicking up a fuss for nothing or do you think or do you think they really bring to the sport do you think they deserve a bit more from it
2: um i mean yeah they they've won the last 8 7 or 8 i lose count um constructors' <laughs> titles and drivers titles they're pretty you know they've probably done more and their kind of engine in the hybrid era has been leading the way and apart from last year or we'll kind of you know move with ferrari for though for whatever reason and they've kind of been the team to beat for all of it. So yeah, I I feel partly like, yeah, you know, they I don't think they're the biggest team in F one now because I just think Ferrari is still it's a massive entity. But they're pretty I wouldn't say they're far behind. And but I think then you get into a problem of kind of like all the teams that have um heritage is it heritage payments um currently yeah. will be wanting them. So I kind of feel like you get into a bit of a rabbit hole um if they start holding out for it and saying, well, we want it and then we'll sign because you know, McLaren and Williams and whatever will will follow suit. Um so yeah, I think that's my thoughts on it.
0: Toto Wolf was absolutely off the off the off the charts in um the Team Principal's press conference on the Friday of the seventieth anniversary race. He was apoplectic at everything that was going on that weekend whether it be racing point or whether it be other teams stabbing each other in the back in the concord agreements and going out there and having their own pr perspectives and then their own ulterior motives and agendas in the meetings so he was he was basically going out saying that we're mercedes we've got lewis hamilton who's the biggest outreach the sports ever had and we've won it all and we've basically supplied like you say the four engines. Next year, we're giving so much to the sport. We're taking the biggest cut because Ferrari still have the heritage payment and Rebels still have Alpha Tauri that they can pull together with. Um, and everyone else in it is just, you know, getting us to come closer to them with the sliding scale payments that are coming in as well. So Toto Wolf is not a happy bunny at the moment. And mm. I can sort of understand that. But also, I, I kind of think what's wrong with this. Isn't other teams' reaction to Mercedes or anything? It's still the Ferrari Ter- Heritage Fund.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think from Wolf, it's just a negotiating tactic, and he, they, Mercedes, will sign. But even even if Mercedes left the sport at the end of next year, I still see Total Wolf doing what Braun did, and you know, having the same team members, having the same drivers, and just having Team Wolf or something in twenty twenty two. I can see that happening. And, that, and McLaren-Williams and Aston Martin will keep their Mercedes engines. So, yeah, there's a lot going on with the Daimler-Mercedes uh, internal relationships. And I think this is all coming to f- fruition with the Concord Agreement. So, yeah, there could be a lot to play out. But I think everything will sign the Concorde Agreement.
2: I think the Mercedes would be prepared i can see them being prepared to pull out especially mm-hmm. given the circumstances at the moment i don't think that is an ideal threat and i think they're probably more ready to pull out than say ferrari but and also i think it would be a loss to f1 if they did leave the sport um at least in a constructor's role um kind of soon so i do think you know there are those two things to consider but I agree that they probably will end up signing it they might get might not get all of what they want they might get some concession especially now that they have that greater bargaining power Um, but yeah I I agree there's a lot there'll be a lot to run and run on this there's rumour
1: after rumour sorry sorry Freddy I was just going to say it's a good point Adam brought up there like how much of a loss would it be how much of a loss would it be F one if Mercedes did leave. Would it be a big loss or not really? Because if they if they still supply three teams and have their own privateer team, is it? It's not that much of a loss, is it?
0: It depends how they leave. If they because yeah. they've been they've been a um engine manufacturer constructor since what 1994 when they came in with Salva and then worked with McLaren for 20 odd years after that and then their own works team. They've progressed up and up as they've come through and now they're dominating the sport. The only thing further to go is well now they're breaking the records. The only thing next is to get a clean sweep and that's not going to happen this year. We know that now. So that's is that kind of, is there anything left to achieve current in the current era for Mercedes? The next step is Formula E obviously which is where they're now laying their their bedrock so it depends how mercedes leaves as a constructor would they leave entirely would they remain as a powertrain supplier would they um i mean the team would be bought out by someone that's kind of that's yeah that team's been so um i mean there's rumors all over the shop i mean apparently penske wants to buy it and i don't know how that would that that, (laughs) that was shut down quite early on but that hasn't that hasn't gone away i don't think so um that's more just i don't think um, from a few things I've seen recently uh, but yeah I mean I don't think Mercedes leaving would be as massive as we think it would be I think it would just be Mercedes retreating as a works constructor rather than the team that's dominated Still,
2: they would still be in Formula 1 I think it would be quite a big thing I th- well I mean there's several angles the first one is it would be works constructor leaving the championship another one so there would only be renault and ferrari and kind of mclaren if they're staying as an engine supplier though presumably yeah but it's still not but it's still not there as a you know works constructor in the as a team and i think that'll be another big loss because we've seen that really come down over the past kind of 15 years um and just they seem to kind of push push the boundaries of what's possible in so many areas in f1 and in terms of kind of innovation you know it's kind of i would say red bull are kind of the only the only team kind of close to them in terms of just kind of how you know mercedes are the benchmark that every other team really measures themselves by and kind of if mm. if you have the biggest fastest most well managed team in the sport leave, I think that would be quite quite a massive thing. And especially if it leaves to go and kind of set itself up in Formula E, that would be a big blow to F1, I think. I think it, mm-hmm.
0: uh, it I don't think the management kind of style that what what the benchmark that is with Mercedes is kinda of like the way they run the team and all of that wouldn't go away if new ownership or if the Mercedes badge wasn't there they would still kind of have the same team mentality of it just without, say, say for hypothetically, I don't know, Honda bought back the team if it went up for sale, that kind of thing. Then they would still, that would, that would be the biggest change. But like the on the ground running of the team would be still the same way and it would still have a benchmark kind of feel about it. They'd still run with the, the no blame culture. Like the people who are there, like James Vowles, Andrew Shovlin, they've all been there since the BAR days. They're all still running now. It's the same kind of principle and they'd, I
2: think they'd still give a kind of benchmark perspective of how the team goes. I think that does depend on who takes it over and how they do it, whether they want to, how much yeah. of their own mark they want to put on it. Um, so, yeah. But I, I also just think, you know, in the, the way they push the boundaries of what's possible in the sport is something that not, you know, teams are copying them. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about that later. But like, you know, they just innovate so much in the engine department and in the, in the car itself.
1: Yeah. Could Aston Martin even become the manufacturer team if Mercedes is possible? Because Totemhofer has put some shares into Aston Martin. He could put even more, you know, uh, if he, if him and Lawrence Straw make a coalition, I guess, or something. Mm. So that's a possibility as well. Yeah,
0: It's a tricky landscape and you can't predict anything in Formula 1 in the next few years. If you look back and think, oh yeah, Lewis Hamilton have won a race on three wheels or um that kind of thing or um i don't know nico hulkenberg will be kicked out and then we'll come back in to replace sergio perez like no, nothing can be predicted at all in the next few years and i think we're going to be no. taken by surprise with everything that happens mm. um yeah so Adam alluded to it there the racing point saga debacle however you want to describe it <laughs> um on the friday morning of the Seventieth anniversary Grand Prix, a spat for the ages in Formula One emerged when the Racing Point um, rear brake ducts were deemed to have been designed illegally, breaching the sporting regulations, and Racing Point were given a seven and a half point deduction per car for the Syrian Grand Prix, leading up to a fifteen point deduction across the across the constructors championship and a accumulated excuse me accumulated four hundred thousand euro fine as well which was to penalise the design process of the brake ducts. And that is it. Nigel, I think you're very (laughs) feeling very punchy about this. Do you want to go and have a rant? And Asim and I will have a a breather.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, For me, this punishment, they have almost got away with it, in a way. Because 15 points, they collected, what, 14 points on Sunday. So they've already made that (laughs) up in one race. And there's still going to be 17, 18 races this season. So the 15 point punishment just doesn't make any sense. And it considering, you know, McLaren, I know Spygate was completely different, considering McLaren got 100 million fine, I think, and they got the score five from the whole Constructors' Championship that year, this is absolutely nothing. And the 400 euro fine, 400,000 euro fine, is probably about 10 to 15 percent of like moving up one position in the constructors' championship, so it's not even that big. It might look big on paper, what to F1 teams is, it's really not. And I just don't see how you can make how you can design brake ducks illegally. Yes, the brake ducks themselves are legal, but if you've made them illegally and you can use them for all of the races, you should be getting a 15 point penalty at every single race, in my opinion, or something worse. Because it's like it's like going into an exam where your teacher gives you the answers beforehand, and then you know the answers. So then, what when you write them on the paper, it's not illegal because you know you're just writing the answers. But the way you've got there is illegal. It's cheating. It's exactly. That's the to dumb it down a bit. That's that's how I see it, and it's it's completely unfair. And I think Mercedes defended it very hard. It do, it does make me think what else has possibly gone on because Racing Point have lied essentially over the last few weeks. They said, Oh, we just used photographs, it turns out there was CAD drawing sensing and stuff like that. They also lied about Sergio Perez not going to Mexico when he turned out he did. So I can't really take anything what Mar Safna, the team principal, you know, said over the weekend. it's not really it's not really creditable to me because Racing Point have already lied about this. And it turns out, you know, something has happened. So the punishment is nowhere near big enough for me.
2: I end of rant. <laughs> okay. I mean, I I feel like the punishment in itself for doing the brake ducks, like how much difference do brake ducks, rear brake ducks make over a Grand Prix, I feel like the actual punishment for that and the the way it works is that Miss racing point were given the CAD files of the brake ducks last season when it was legal um, and they used they used the front they used that to develop their front brake ducks which um, which I think they brought in for the Spanish Grand Prix but they ran brake ducks that they ran front brake ducks that were similar um, or kind of I, I don't know if they bought off or based off the, the files that Mercedes gave them, um, but they developed those last season, which is why they're allowed to. Um, why that wasn't an issue. The issue is that they have developed. They didn't use the CAD files that Mercedes gave them on the rear brake ducts at all last season, and then they've only developed them this season with with those files, which is which is illegal. Um, the FIA have said the um, Kind of factors factors that have influenced the FIA's decision. They said Racing Point thought it was what they were doing was legal because they weren't they hadn't received anything this year. Um, See, but they received. received It did. They received. They received the actual
0: brake ducts in January.
2: Yeah, but up to that point, um, (laughs) they hadn't. They hadn't kind of received. When they were developing them, they hadn't first. They hadn't thought they were doing it illegally, and they were doing it off the files that they'd received from the previous season. And they hadn't. The FIA hadn't clarified the how teams should go about moving from unlisted parts, which was the case last season with the brake that you are allowed to buy them and use them on your car, versus now this season where you're not allowed to. They hadn't clarified that, so that one of the, that's the reasons why the penalty is perhaps more lenient is they are kind of, and they said if, if Racing Point had asked um, or had asked for a clarification on the processes that they use to create their front brake ducts and rear brake ducts, then they would have said that it was okay for the front brake ducts and not rear brake ducts. So I think those are, I'm not saying I'm not kind of coming down on one side or the other, but that's hmm. the factors behind the FIA's penalty.
0: That's where it comes sketchy for me, is the um, if they requested you know, a directive kind of thing, which is the done thing. If you're a bit unsure, Mercedes did it entirely with the DAS um, uh, innovation. They, they were saying, can we do this? Can we do this? Do you think we can do this for, for two years? And Racing Point knew it was a grey area. It was very clearly a grey area from what the FIA reports have said. So Racing Point knew that it was going a bit under the radar and a bit sketchy. So I think that's, that's where, for me, it gets a bit underhand and worthy of investigation and penalization um and i think the faa say like saying yeah we understand it's a gray area and if you'd said something about it then it would be different because then we would have thought okay cool we can help you and we can tell you what to do and we can say not to do this or to do this in this particular way and that's entirely different um but of course racing point didn't make any um request and so they're just they're they know that they're trying to exploit a grey area, and they've been they've been they've been brought down hard for it. And actually, well, not hard from what what we I think I agree with Nigel. Really, I think it should be a bit harder. What they've penalised is the design process. They've not said the, they're not a technical infringement because the brake ducts are legal brake ducts, but the way they've been designed breaches the sporting regulations, and then therefore is a harder thing to sort of penalise. <laughs> every race as it goes. It's more of a World Motorsport Council kind of thing, which is obviously why the appeals come into it, which is where it's going to get quite spicy, I think, depending on how they come down on that. Because that's where the, the hardcore um, disqualifications and that kind of thing get properly sanctioned.
1: Do you think Reno in Japan got disqualified last year for, I can't remember what it was, it was something to do with brakes It was a brake well.
0: bias. It was essentially a driver aid. For brake bias, it yeah. would change the change the brake bias corner to corner without the with the software without the driver having to do anything, and they were okay. only I and mean, then that's a the sporting reg but also it's a thing you're technically not allowed to have on the car. So
1: okay, I I thought the like part was legal, kind of but
0: never mind. Yeah. I thought
1: I mm. thought it was legal. It turns out not so. Yeah,
0: well, that, so, yeah. <laughs> but that, that was a, yeah. they were only they were only disqualified for the Japanese Grand Prix for that. I mean, they probably could have been disqualified for the year for that. And I think, was it Palmer said they had it on the car when he was there? Um, I think on a... I can't remember. That's 2017, maybe even 2016. So that's yeah. going back to potentially Lotus days, which could take millions and millions and millions of quid away from the Endstone team. But that's kind of gone under the radar. And of course, like you say, the prize money that Racing Point will have lost, kind of like for, for the lack of Sergio Perez in Silverson 1, and that Hulkenberg knock starting and them only getting two points is kind of redeemed by the fact that, okay, well, that's just like missing this race then, kind of, mm, because they probably mm, should have got yeah.
2: those points there. So that's it, really. I feel like they shouldn't. I think for me, I'm not so, but, you know, the penalty, as I said, it's like, I don't know how much of an advantage brake ducks, rear brake ducks give, but for the actual, like, for running them on the car, you know, 15 points for 400,000 euros, does it, you know, seems kind of all right, but I think for me it's the the fact that they're still allowed to run them doesn't sit right, is that you know, they're as Nigel said with his exam analogy, which was very good, it's like they've got you know, you've gained an unfair advantage and now you're able to use that unfair advantage for the rest of the season. But Presumably next season too. Yeah, exactly and I think that might be kind of part of it for Stroll for Lawrence Stroll, is that Aston Martin take over. If they're allowed to carry on with this car as is now, mm. then you know it's gonna be a really good way for Aston Martin to start off their, you know, their sponsorship of the team there. I, so, think, I, think, it would reflect I think it could be badly
0: back. on Aston Martin to come in and then just be running a car that's essentially a Mercedes. I think if Aston Martin could go back on some agreements, I think they wouldn't What I think they would rather come in as a main sponsor in twenty twenty two with the regulation change rather than come in with a car that's essentially called tracing point pink mercedes like well i don't know what it would be racing green mercedes next year then then it's just like aston martin don't want to be seen as the, 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 the you know the follow up to mercedes i think
2: but then i think, I think it would be quite awful well for them. it would work I think quite it well worked.
0: from performance perspective yeah
2: definitely but i feel yeah. like for them they're able to say you know they can be like oh we didn't want this we you know we wanted to make our own car but it just so happens that we've got this incredible piece of machinery hmm. that's you know doing brilliantly and you know it's just a shame that it's that it's copying mercedes we hate that we you know they they i feel like I they wouldn't get the, best well the PR either. that's I a like bad they look though was for V8 in the van mercedes v8 in the vantage but that's not really related you've got to kind of think about it like you you talk about like
0: how much does a rear brake duct actually do, but then it's like the rear brake duct then is linked to the rear suspension and all of that. And that then goes into the whole sort of rear structure of the car. And that that sort of, there's so much more to it. I mean, um, Mercedes have made lots of breakthroughs with suspension this year, which has sort of gone onto the radar because it's just suspension. But um, that was a big thing on like the first day of testing before the, before DAS was sort of revealed on the second day. And I think, we don't know really, because only the brake ducks have been
2: protested. I feel like I, there is I, a. I'm, oh, I just jump in, but then I'll let you. Um, it it feels like. How do you kind of, if you say right, you're not allowed to run these brake ducks anymore? How do you then kind of like enforce that? Do Racing Point have to develop brake ducks that are different? Like it feels yeah, like that. Yeah, a it's
0: taking it ages do. to
1: do. It would take ages to do.
0: But, but, that, but then that's the thing with the design process. They've got a, they've got a 2019 brake ducts, and the design process they're sort of suggesting is that you're So that what the FIA have said is mm. that Racing Point have a different interpretation of design process to what the FIA have, and they're saying, well, we just come in at the end stage and say done. Whereas the FIA want to have like just like show you working in the margins, go back mm. to the exam thing, and like so they've got a developed set of brake ducts in the 2019 car. The presume that would be they would feed they would be allowed to use because is yes yeah, designed by them but also because it's got the um the inherent being uh what's the word the the inherited uh style yeah. of the car so they would be allowed to use those and they would be presumably able to develop those hmm. in a way that would work pretty well and obviously you know there's leeway's given and to um to give a couple of races to say oh yeah we'll we'll give you um some grace period but we want to have these on the car by I don't know end of September and but I mean Racing Point should have been developing this in the background from the steering Grand Prix if they've got any
2: sense I think mm, but then how do you enforce like if they turn up with brake ducts and one millimeter measurement is different is that different to you know like I don't I don't but know how you or the do you force the design them to process. run brake ducts that don't work on their car but are complete you know like completely different i just don't understand how you can kind of you know how different well is depends. Different. How it depends how, how they it
0: depends that. how they link it back and if they say well we've just made a one millimeter change and that means that their design process is still linked to the mercedes design process of those brake ducts so that means it's a continuation of that illegality and that um, breach of the sporting regulations, whereas they they can show it going back to like an original design from them from twenty nineteen that kind of thing, 2018 even to sort of develop those brake ducts. If so they can prove that, then that means it's an it's a feasible um, legal part for them, and that's something that's why it's going to run on and on. And yeah, that's why they've been given quite you know quite a lot of leeway with the just the reprimand, which is a pointless penalty. You don't get anything for reprimand if you're a team. Yeah. The only re- the only penalties you get for reprimand are for a driver if they get. Three reprimands, they get a ten-place grid penalty, and two of them have to be reprimands for driving standards. So, this car being having a brake duct that's not illegal is not a driving standard reprimand. So, what's going to happen? You can't. This it, is just a stupid penalty. It's just a oh no, slap on the wrist. That's it. That I don't like. It doesn't sit well with me. You can't just develop yeah. a, develop something no matter what it is. If you can't run the car because you've made an illegal car, don't run the car. You, that's that's how the rules should be enforced to me.
1: Yeah, I feel there's something else. There's more, I think Mercedes and Racing Point are hiding more. You know, I think there's more than so just the brake. So I can't, I, I, you know, after Ferrari, the FIA, and the whole power unit saga where Ferrari, you know, didn't get any punishment apart from they had to redesign their engine. After the FIA kind of hit that away, now the FIA have done this with Racing Point. There's Giving them a slap on the wrist, I feel. Mm. I feel there's more to it, and the FIA haven't really handled these two huge things well in the last twelve months mm. or so. So yeah, I'm, I'm really. It doesn't look good. For you get the impression the FIA, that Toto. So.
0: You get the impression that Toto Wolf wants to kill Mattia Binotto whenever he sees him. <laughs> Just yeah. everything that's gone on with, like you say, with the fuel burning last year and the the um, the really underhand release of that press release in testing. 10 minutes to go until the last day of testing and they go, oh yeah, Ferrari was a little bit naughty last year. Whoops. Let's ignore it. Let's carry on. I mean, what the hell? They were saved by a pandemic, Ferrari. Um, and that's that's a horrible thing to say, but yeah, it's 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 not a good look. And when you think about, I mean, what is a good look is that they're not, you know, linking it at all to um the punishments of what McLaren got for Spygate, because that's obviously an entirely different thing. And that's just Max Mosley being a being a, a a dictator with um, <laughs> I think he's I think he has said to Ron Dennis 99 million is for you, one million is for the fine for the um for the breach, and that's just because he doesn't. I know he said something um very, very rude. Uh, yeah, I, I remember it now, I'm not going to repeat it anywhere. Um, so yeah, see if you figure that one out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they, they shouldn't go and follow that precedent, and that's yeah, that's been John Todd's sort of motive all the way through is to move away from the the. The dictatorial Mosley era, but um, it's it's not a good look entirely. You're entirely right, Nigel. Mm.
1: Yeah, and it must be said, Williams and McLaren are not appealing. After they said they intended to do it, but uh, in the last couple of days, just said they've not. So not really a surprise, really, considering McLaren will have Mercedes engines and Williams already have Mercedes engines. It looks like Totem Wolf has been. Knocking on some doors, maybe, but yeah, it's just Ferrari and Renault who are appealing so far.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I think we, I mean, we could go. We haven't exhausted this topic at all, and it's going to run and run. And I wouldn't be surprised if there is a lot to, um, lot to go, coming up with the next few races for this debate. And I don't think it's the last time we're going to talk about it. But we're going to move on now for fear of boring everyone, and we're going to move on to. The is Sergio Perez coming back question. So here we go. Is Sergio Perez going to come back?
1: Uh, I don't know.
2: I don't know either.
0: That was good. So That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Do we think uh, Hockenberg is going to get a seat in 2021? Uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll go with yes. Which team? Uh, yeah. I the don't incoming high-tech I mean, hat- Formula 1 team. Has potentially. Oh, Martin, potentially. I feel like he could be a genuine alternative to Vettel. One of the things that came really? out this week was that Mercedes were... Hülkenberg was Mercedes' backup option if they didn't get Lewis in 2013. Yeah. Which, I, if you're Hülkenberg, you want... Well, I guess you already knew, but like... It yeah. just <laughs> a lot. And he was both signing with Ferrari, but Alonso vetoed it. Mm. Um, in favour of Raikkonen. Like... He's a new man. I mean, yeah, I I think he would be a genuinely good alternative to Sebastian Vettel Um, and yeah, Haas. If Grosjean doesn't stay, I think he'd be an upgrade on him. There's probably teams. I'm forgetting. I think the only issue would be that, like, the top McLaren, Renault, Ferrari are all locked into their driver lineups now. Obviously, Mercedes are for next year, and then it looks like Russell is next in line there. So, kind of, of the top five teams, there didn't seem to be that much, that many openings there.
1: Yeah. I mean, he said he's been talking to two teams even before he drove at the weekend, and I'm, I'm guessing those two teams will be <coughs> Alpha, Romeo and Haas. So, yeah. I think if he is on the grid, it's going to be one of those two teams. Well, it also depends on how it goes in F two with Schwartzman, Iwan, and Schumacher. So, I think Alkmaar's got a chance, but he well, he's definitely done himself a lot of good over the last two weekends, giving himself an even bigger chance. Um, it would be nice to have him back on the grid because he's shown that he's still, he's still, he's still got the speed and he's still got the still on the pace compared to the, the rest of the field.
0: I think it has to be a good fit for him. Um, they obviously mm-hmm. came out and said they couldn't really afford him last season. Just the because they want, yeah, exactly. It'd be brilliant. It'd be, It'd be box. Good. Then Drive to Survive season four, um, <laughs> just got them giving each other evils across the garage just for a whole episode. It'd be brilliant. Um, I should direct it. Um, I think uh, it's he, he, He's a he's a brilliant driver, and you're right, Adam. He is the nearly man who go on for ages about it. But I think it's just going to annoy Paul Doresta quite a lot because he thought he was the nearly man. For seven years. He's like, oh, damn it, I just missed out on that Mercedes seat. Poor Paul de Resta. Nigel's got a lot to say about Paul de Resta's
1: angst. We'd better not talk about that.
2: <laughs> no. We get no hashtag Freddie for DTS trending and then see if that, <laughs> <laughs>
1: that
2: works. I, I really liked Hulkenberg and um, Ricardo kind of relationship last year in kind of like oh, they, they both they both kind of weren't happy but they were just kind of, you know, like, it's like if you're in a class with someone and you both hate it and you, but you're both kind of sitting there, <laughs> sitting there like having fun talking about how you both hate it. I did like that kind of dynamic there. I mean, Renault could be, actually, maybe not so much for Hulkenberg's thing as he left there but I feel like...
0: And they've got their Ocon, contracts sorted.
2: improved a bit but they've... Um, if he's not got on top of the car by the end of this season and then Alonso comes in next season, he could be Van Dorned and you know, kind of <laughs> really I feel like that Renault seat for twenty twenty two could be an option for a few drivers. Gasly is another one that springs to mind and obviously Holt and I don't know, like Perez or I mean it's quite far off to be looking, but I do think that's kind of what yeah, but the, I don't, few don't drivers do have their eye on.
1: Don't forget, everyone thinks Alonso is going to be too old and he won't have the speed and they should have bought in Lungard or Ju. Don't forget that. That's what everyone was saying right. a couple of weeks ago. The deceptive <laughs>
0: second in the F2 Championship, Lungard. Yeah.
2: He
0: is, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Who knows what's going on? Take that oh, back, Nigel. <laughs>
1: no, I'm not, I'm yeah, not taking it Yeah, he's better than though. Fernando Alonso.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Christian Lungard's going to go and card win the we'll five hundred next week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, in 500.
0: Yeah, uh, lots to talk about with everything going on at the moment. Driver market is just always a mess, and it seems to have gone a bit stale for the most part for recently. I think everyone's got their minds on a few other things, but I imagine
2: there's going to be something that's going to it'll be the Vestal Domino. I think once he yeah. or the or the Aston Martin kind of won the same, but once that falls, um, kind of that, then you will either have Stroll or Perez, or may, maybe another, you know, if. Whoever gets locked in there, you'll most likely have a driver out there or, you know, there'll be several drivers kind of floating around without yeah. um, deals. I, I also saw on I saw on Twitter the other day that reminded me that um, Yuki to Tsunoda had been kind of given a target of a fourth place in F2 by Marco. And oh. he's kind of someone we didn't talk about at all in... Um, in a or, yeah, a few weeks ago. But he is—I think he's six. I'm just getting it right now. But he's doing—he's not actually too. Yeah, he's six. He's not too far off. its,
1: it's, it's too early to promote him for me. That's the problem. Do Red Bulls it's have too early, early to
2: promote anyone? <laughs> <laughs> they should definitely well, do. The—the
1: the right thing would be to not promote him early. But and if they do, I think it is going to really not do any good. For his career, you know, even Schwartz, where we were saying, Oh, he's definitely gonna be in Alpha or Haas, but you know, he's he, had he, a he, horrible weekend. Yeah, I would even give him another year in F2 if he if he doesn't win the championship or come second.
0: So Look how it's worked out for Eilert Islet last year, he was you know, it was middle of the road. I mean, he was kind of on par with his teammate career at the 11? time. He, he, yeah, he was 11th or so last year, and he, he had a few, you know, a few flashes of pace. I think he got pole in Monaco, that kind of thing, or front row. But like he was hampered by a bit of bad luck. But he just yeah, it was a bit like okay, cool, get a betting. And now this year he's dom- he, well closer dominated with Isla. He's really le- he's really led the field completely, and all that shows with uh, him yeah. now leading the championship.
1: And he's had bad luck as well. But if he's he didn't stall luck. in didn't, that feature race, he, he would be well in ahead.
0: Race or spin in the sprint the race. race,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Then he, you know, it would be, yeah, you're right. He'd be well ahead. So it's a bit. Mm. I think, yeah, a second year in F two could really work for Schwartzman. I think Schumacher's the one who is a bit of a cork in a bottle mm, for the yeah. Ferrari Driver Academy.
1: I mean, for Sch- Schumacher, I know I know we're not talking about F one here, but F two is kind of like F one. Schumacher doesn't really he doesn't really have an area where he's <clears throat> really good. He's, his his qualifying is okay, his time management is okay, his race base is not bad either, but he's not you know, if he didn't have the Schumacher name, I feel we would look at him and think, you know, he's about average. There's nothing really, you know, glaring about him. There's nothing special, and and he has had bad luck this season. You know, especially in the first couple of rounds in Austria. I think he made a mistake in the feature race, which then hurt him in the sprint race. But
0: and his fire extinguisher. I,
1: I, yeah, and I, I just, I don't know. I don't know about Schumacher. I'm really not sure. I don't want him to get into F1 and then just have a bad
2: time. So it won't, it won't be good for him. I feel like with Ferrari, like they're a bit. Surely they can't promote Schumacher if he's kind of finished a distant fourth to either yeah. or Schwartzman. It kind, of, it feels like it'd be such like farcical if they've yeah. got these two drivers and one's kind of, you know, both to choose from, and one's clearly faster than the other and done better than the other that then if they promote if they promote Schumacher if you know if the champion finish now as it stands it just you know that would that would be such a bad look Ooh, for yeah. them I just can't kind of equally I wouldn't write it off
0: that's still <laughs> a long it's still a long way to go for all of this and we're not going to know yeah. probably for a long time I don't think who's going to fill the mm. Alfa Romeo seats house seats next year but I'm very looking forward to finding out so yeah, that, that, that's a that's a, Adam was saying we wouldn't have much to talk about, but we've seem to have gone on without actually speaking out the, the subject matter, which is the Spanish Grand Prix. Which oh, is I forgot be, about that. I know, the Spanish Grand Prix, wow. It's gonna be at Barcelona, Catalonia, where they held the testing, but it's gonna be in August, which is hot <laughs> in Spain. Absolutely cooking for everyone who's gonna be there. So one of the main talking points of the past few weeks has been the hot weather in the United Kingdom and how that has affected the races in terms of tyre wear on such a high-energy racetrack as the Catalunya Circuit. Do, we, do you guys think there's going to be some carryover for that? Do you think Mercedes
2: has said they well, think they're think they going to look silly? Do you think they the will? Hot, the hot weather in the United Kingdom is certainly affecting this podcast because I've had to move into the shade. But, um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I think... It's certainly possible. I mean I don't know I don't know how much they can do to get on top of it, really. Um, you know, they might just kind of have to manage it through that, but on the flip side, I mean, I don't know the weather for Spain. If it's cloudy, that would do them. Yeah, okay. Not cloudy. Yeah, I think they <laughs> I don't know, it's Mercedes. I never want to like I never want to write them off, but mm. I kind of equally I don't know. I can't see kind of that there is an easy fix for it. So, so so do you think
1: Adam it'll it'll be similar to Sunday with Verstappen able to keep up and and manage his tyres better?
2: Um. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. I I think it's because yeah, it's about it's not about kind of the outright pace of the car. It's about how much of it they can use. And at the the moment, Red Bull have less pace, but they're able to use more of it than Mercedes. I, I think um, it's going to
0: be whether Verstappen can get ahead of the Mercedes. Because, obviously, he had, he started on a different tyre in mm. in um, Silverstone and was able to then get ahead of the Mercedes in the pit stops and be able to keep ahead of them then. So, I think, he, on qualifying pace, the Mercedes is still going to have it. So, I don't think Red Bull... But it's a hard track to pass at and they're not going yeah, to have the opportunity yeah. to start on the hards because, obviously, the tyres are a step up this week.
1: Well, that, they could yeah. still try that, they could, I think. I think that... I think, Mercedes' mistake was in Corvin, they didn't start on the hards. If, yeah. Whatever Verstappen does, Mercedes should just copy it, knowing that then yeah. they'll be on the same tyre at the same time, they'll have track position, and Barcelona is a very difficult track to mm. overtake on. You can only really do it into turn one, because turn 11, I think at the end of the back straight, yeah, that the... has become really hard over the last few years, because it, the corner before that, out of the right-hander is flat out, and you can't really mm. follow. So Mercedes, for me, I don't expect Verstappen to do the same as he did on Sunday. And I'll be surprised because because it is a harder track to overtake on We've got slightly harder tire compounds which should help Mercedes. But if the tire pressures are high still, then like Adam said it will be hard to find it will be hard for Mercedes to find a solution. so that is the only thing I can see that will stop them. Really, but I think Mercedes are still favorites, and, and yeah, that uh, yeah, still favorites. <laughs> there
0: are measures they can do to limit the um the overheating. I mean, they did that with McLaren, did that with Carlos Sainz. Though. They said that they um opened up the rear of the car a bit to allow a bit more um cool air, a bit more cooling to uh, to mm-hmm. the engine. and he, he lost a couple of tenths in qualifying, but that was it, I think they, they said. So, there are there elements they can make and mercedes has got such an advantage in qualifying i don't i don't i don't think they really wouldn't have any option not to do this i think well it's a no-brainer to try and go for this kind of really really aggressive cooling setup um if they can i think it's going to be it's not going to be just hot on sunday or just hot on friday it's going to be hot every day so i mean it's going to yeah. be really awful on the teams uh, as well but yeah it's going to be it's going to be an interesting yeah. one to see. And I think it's about the strategy.
1: Also at Silverstone, the second Silverstone race, they had only two sets of hard compound tyres, which essentially you needed for the race. So you couldn't do any practice on them. Yeah. So it'll be interesting you know, to see if the teams do the same again and they won't have any knowledge on the hard tyres. If, if the hard tyre is the best tyre this weekend, whether that I think will they throw up
0: something. I think they would have the same, because I think Pirelli are mandating all of the numbers they have of the tyres now
1: yeah yeah that's right yeah so hmm. yeah it, like I say, it, it depends which tie is best because you know the medium this weekend is the hard from um, silverstone i know this is gonna get hmm. confusing and the yeah. hard tie this weekend it's the c5 is four the three. Yeah. yes why well, yeah. did not i have to say that <laughs> <laughs>
0: um so yeah so that's the kind of the big thing is the stappen going to be able to stick it to the mercs once more uh, obviously he, he won there in 2016 when the mercs took each other out but i doubt that's going to happen again um it would be ridiculous if it did um mm. but yeah obviously this all, this weekend also marks an opportunity for lewis hamilton to to better the record he equals on on sunday which is equaling michael schumacher's all-time podium record of 155 which they now share which you know that's one of the first to fall i think When we get to the end of the season,
2: polls has fallen already, hasn't it? it Polls fell fell years years ago, years ago,
0: 2017. Yeah, that was kind of not really a a one that Hamilton was aiming for. I don't really think Mm. it's not really so far Mm. ahead in comparison. Mm. But Hamilton's polls record is ridiculous now. That's just Mm. yeah. So I think we're we're getting closer to Lewis being being the stat holder. You think he can get
1: 100 poles and 100 wins? Well, I think 100 wins is definitely possible.
0: He can get
2: 100 so, poles too, yeah. I yeah. no need to find he's
1: yeah. on at the moment, but yeah, he's on 87 wins. Schumacher, the record is 91, so yeah. I but think it's going to happen this yeah. season. Oh, he's got 91 poles. Wow, yeah. oh, well, that's what my yeah. question answered. Unless he <laughs> catches the coronavirus, then uh, yeah, hmm. yeah, I think he could do it if not this season, definitely next season. He's I, mean,
2: I think the next cautious game. as well, though. Yeah, I think we with podiums it's kind of a measure of consistency like it's not not necessarily being although he often is the fastest driver on a weekend but it's just like how many you know if you finish on the podium every race of the championship you're more than likely you know gonna win it It's it's just kind of that level of being you know one one of the best drivers at the weekend every weekend and that's kind of so I think that's kind of what we can take from this is like it's not you know he's Chasing down, chasing down the wins total, which he'll most likely get. But also, you know, this just kind of, is the consistency that, that he's kind of, I think, garnered as he's gone through his career is kind of what this tells us.
0: Yeah, it's 155 podiums and 255 race starts. That's only 100 races oh, without finishing on the podium. That's insane.
1: <laughs> that is bad. I, I, I know people say, oh, it's just a car. It, it's really not. It's, mm. I mean, how many drivers would do that? Man, yeah. I don't see many, you know, ever doing that. I mean, yeah, It's just incredible Clearly. really. Mm-hmm. Just It was insane how he's wrapped up his stats because, you know, people who watched F1 at the end of 2006 seen Schumacher get seven world titles, 91 wins. I don't think anyone thought it would be beaten, and, well, not this quickly at least. Because, mm. I mean, it's only been, what, 14 years since 2006. So, yeah, it's just how long will these... Hamilton have hold these records for really mm. could be ages.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't think um, motorsport is ever going to not be talking about Lewis Hamilton. I think mm. he's going to be he is the one now. Basically, I think
2: he's only the one until another one comes along. Though I mean, happened? <laughs> could you know he's so young That's at the true. moment. Yeah, there's only, only getting more race, only more races added to the calendar. Mm. apart from this season obviously but you know there's like they're talking about 25 races a year you know he could he could be the one to kind of (laughs) take it on that's true
0: that'd be interesting it'd be such a yeah such a good thing formula one's got so much coming for it in the next few years definitely Mm. um but we're going to talk about what's coming for it this weekend with some predictions um so we want to. We we think actually. We said last week that we, What's the point in predicting the win? Yeah. So, H-well. I think our conversation here is, let's predict the win. Let's go for it. One, two, three. Nigel.
1: Uh, I think it's going to be Bottas, Hamilton, Verstappen. I'm going to go boring for once.
0: For once. <laughs> Mr. Adam Dickinson.
2: Um, I'm going to go even more boring. I'm going to go um, Hamilton, Verstappen, Bottas.
0: And I'm going to go boring. I'm going to Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen.
2: They're all different. Yeah, none of us, none of us <laughs> think uh, Verstappen's going to win. Yeah.
1: yeah. So that's so all, all going to be wrong.
0: Yeah. Can't wait.
1: Carlos Sainz is Albon. Albon. Where do we think he, he's going to finish? Carl
0: oh, he's good there, though. He's very good. He is. yeah.
2: I think McLaren I has kind fifth of fallen off a bit. They they had yeah. so much momentum after after Austria, and they're kind of not yet reached that again. So I I say like eighth. Carlos Sainz seems to have 11. the kind of
0: the one second thing that Nigel Mansell said like thirty years ago: your home crowd gives it to you, or just being there, because like his qualifying form in yeah. Catalonia, all of the I home
2: think. crowd this weekend, yeah. Tomorrow. his qualifying
0: form I think it's something like I think I'm right in saying he's not 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 appeared in Q3 so he's always been in Q3 in Spain I think and think back to some of his cars Toro Rosso the Renault then that's really good he was at the end of the thir- first lap in 2016 he was in third place for the whole that safety car period so he's he's good there so I think he's going to be something like fifth
1: I'll go six Sixth place, then. But, there we go. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see well, The Racing Point will still have the advantage because it certainly seemed that way with that uh, Silverstone. Sorry, yeah. You is. know, the, the teams yeah. all know Barcelona like the back of their hand, even though oh. I can't remember the back of my hand. But you know, it's a it's a it's a common phrase. So yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see who has the pace, and it, it's a high speed circuit like Silverstone, albeit the final sector. Is very tricky, and the tyres will be on fire by the time they get to the, to the last few corners. I
2: think Leclerc as well will he be Let's in the one. mix again? Um, Renault were kind of, they did well in practice and qualifying. They were a bit hard on their tyres in the race, but they're another one to throw in, especially Ricardo. Um, so I think there's, yeah, there's a lot of people. There's going to be stories
0: Definitely, um, it's not
2: kind of the difference between fifth and eighth can just be a few tenths. Yeah, not qualified. even that. Yeah. And then, or you know, botch pit stop, which McLaren yeah. are suffering from. This, you know, but it, it's just so there's it's very tight there. So you know, just one one mistake can have a big impact.
1: Yeah, and, and I don't expect it to be an easy one stop as well. It could be a two stop. So you know, which, whichever one turns out to be right, the team, the mm. team or driver that maybe does a one-stop and that turns out to be better like it because it's still more yeah. bag big points whereas if you do a two-stop it might end up being wrong but it might end up being right we just don't know so be really, uh, a, yeah. really
2: interesting please mix up your strategy William
1: yes uh,
2: definitely yeah,
1: yeah. Roy <laughs> so, Nassani's in the car
2: yes uh, he is this one. weekend yeah just yeah. to have that Woo-hoo. is there <laughs> anything else to say on him I don't know where he's he's 18th in the uh, F2 championship he's yeah, had a 10th place in the first race and that's as good as it got he's our two recyclables finished out the points in all of the others but he's going to set the fastest time in practice and show the world what he means. <laughs> well that's some people sense. just
0: some people just click an F1 I'm sure Roy Nassani let's get yeah let's see how he <laughs> does um, so yeah so now we're going to move on to our sort of, our sort of closing quiz for this week's this week's podcast and the form the form book here is a, it's a little bit sketchy. Nigel's not bad um, <laughs> Adam Adam Adam's not bad but he's, he's, he's not really achieving the greatness that you know that, that the shade should give him with the advantage today. Um, this makes sense in my mind. So we're going to have some some little, little little questions on Spanish Grand Prix of the past. You guys ready? You guys know your stuff? How many stats do you have in front of you?
1: I've got one stat. I've
2: got one stat is cool. it, it's for the um, German Grand Prix, so I don't know how much of a youth it's going to be, but we'll but see.
0: Wrong country, so that's an issue. Oh, oh
1: yeah. yeah. What's your stat? Uh,
0: my stat is Heref. Oh, that's no,
1: I don't, I'm, I'm just joking. I, I don't know what's going to happen. Right, let's, let's see what questions you got for us, ready.
0: Well, the first question is it's quite tame. But how many racetracks have hosted an F1 Spanish Grand Prix? Adam. Adam. Five.
2: Yes, five. Do you Ooh, want to name
1: that? Five.
2: Yeah, Catalonia, Jerez, nah. Montjuic, Harama. And is it paradibus? It, it starts with a P. That's all I can remember.
0: Pedrablas, whatever. Pedrablas. That's the or, one. Ah, yeah. Correct. You only get one point. Um, oh. I could write these down somewhere, actually, because I forgot to do that in the last quiz
2: that I hosted.
0: And that didn't go well. I don't have a pen. <laughs> yeah,
2: when I hosted it the well. quiz last week, I'd not written down the question, the answers to the question. That's <laughs> <So laughs> a dive factory. Here and go. There.
0: Let's put it on my phone. Adam... One. There we go. Wow. And people say we're not professional. Um, question two is one that I quite like. In the period of 2007 to 2016, how many different drivers won Spanish Nigel. Grand Prix? Nigel. It was 10. Um, yes. Well, uh, can you name I them all? Start,
1: I think I can. Oh, here we Verstappen, go. Stappen, Rosberg... Hamilton, Alonso, Maldonado, is that five?
0: That's five, yeah. yeah.
1: Maldonado, uh, Raikkonen, mm-hmm. Massa,
0: mm-hmm. Uh, Button. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm struggling now. Uh,
1: not sure about the last two. Not
0: not beer for a number two driver. Oh, Weber. Yeah.
1: Weber and Rettel.
0: Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's easy. You don't get any bonuses for that. Yeah, Um, That's just for fun. Um, Which you had. You had fun. (laughs) Um, So you mentioned there Pastor Malvinado and in 2012 he famously won the race and started from pole. But who set the fastest time in qualifying?
1: Nigel. Nigel. Lewis Hamilton did, but he got disqualified. You don't yes. see that nowadays, do you? No. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> was it a fuel problem? He didn't have enough fuel or something. I think he didn't have enough Canada?
0: fuel. But I think he, that was Canada in 2010, yeah. and he was pushing the car back. But I think he crashed, didn't he? He crashed. I can't remember. Really? He might have what broken down. Cross? I can't remember. No. I seem to. Have, it might have been a different time when he crashed. Then there Either was something. He, he got... had to start on 24th.
2: Yeah. 24 cars just, on the grid, those are the days. I'm disappointed with that. It should have been quicker off the mark. <laughs> it's all right. he uh, had the reactions, cat-like reflexes.
0: You can get the next one, which is quite mean. Now I, now I look back at it. At the Jerez race in 1997, technically a European Grand Prix, but you don't need to go into that because it was in Spain. Um, Villeneuve, Schumacher and Frensen set an equal qualifying lap famously. What was the time? It's a really mean question. Is it closest wins? Yeah, do that. Do that. Closest wins. Nigel, what do you think?
1: Uh 119.547.
0: Bloody hell, it's gonna be really hard to do it close. Okay. Adam. 119.501. Oh, okay, cool. Nigel gets it. It was one twenty one point zero seven two. Okay.
1: I definitely knew that he just saw what I said and then just went a bit lower.
2: Yeah, was it hard for me when it was in Was between. it Vettel and Gasly? I might have found that because they did the same time in Q2. Maybe that was... I it, don't was know, it was, was um, the
0: British Grand Prix, not the Silver yeah, Grand Prix. Yeah, I think that might have been 70's.
2: 501, which is where I had it from. And yeah, I don't know. That's fair enough. Didn't get it though. Mm.
0: Okay. Schumacher was later penalised for his collision with Villeneuve that race. But what was his punishment on the day? Nigel, Nigel
1: was disqualified from the whole championship, but he kept his wins.
0: That wasn't the punishment on the day.
2: Oh,
0: Adam, we throw it over to you.
2: Yeah, I didn't think it was disqualified from. I don't know. I'm just trying to kind of stall by saying, I don't yeah. know Doc twenty points in the championship. No, it was deemed a what? racing incident. So, what, so is it just like noted to be investigated after? They said
0: <laughs> it was a racing accident. No, no penalty necessary. But later oh. in the, um, the World Motorsport Council's superior motives, they said, so there's no point for that question then. Um, but this so, one will be interesting because the question is, what's the actual punishment?
1: Oh, Nigel. Adam.
0: Oh, I heard Nigel first. Oh, uh, it's,
1: it's what I just said, isn't it? He yeah, it is. <laughs> part of the championship and he kept his wounds. <laughs> yeah,
0: he did. And he had to do um, some road safety campaigns.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like Which is Max ironic. Verstappen.
0: Like Max Verstappen. Like like Vettel
2: did as well for something. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. for it would be if he'd had to do like community service or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, basically if if Verstappen stuff. had
0: to do that. He'd go to watch some stewards working, didn't he? At Formula E yeah. in Marrakesh a couple of years ago.
2: Yeah, it was... The one I was thinking of was the Vestal Gasly were both 5.501 That's where I had it in my head Oh, cool Um, (laughs) Don't get a point for it though
0: Unfortunately not For the 2016 Spanish Grand Prix what was Nico Rosberg's lead in the championship?
2: Adam Go 94 points Yeah, the 94 point lead (laughs) in the championship I knew it was a lot but I didn't know I, don't know. I can't remember
1: after four rounds
2: even, what yeah, was his lead what was his gap to the next place oh, oh I'll give you that another was, go Bruce, um, <laughs> oh, I don't know 45 uh, oh it's close oh is it
0: yeah Nigel what do you think it is 40 Adam's closer it's 43 oh.
1: Oh, points, a did, he, did he have 100 points?
0: Yeah, 100 points. He won all four races. So. Um, so that puts Adam on two and Nigel on another number.
1: So a 94-point lead in Howardson to finish within three points is pretty good, isn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah. Very good. Long season. Um, question eight. At the 2016 Spanish Grand Prix, Sebastian Vettel made a famous statement later on in the race, when under pressure from Ricardo. What was it? Mm, not that famous. Nigel. Nigel I was thinking vessel impression.
1: It was was it the ping pong one?
0: Please be more specific.
1: The, <laughs> the one where Ricardo basically dive bond him and he said are we ping pong or going oh,
2: racing? Can him. I steal it? Yes, you can.
0: This
1: Adam.
2: Quiz. Yes, Adam. What are we doing here? Is it racing or ping-pong? Hopefully. Yes. <laughs>
1: like He's hey.
0: got he only missed the honestly that was Sebastian Vettel's kind of trademark in the start of the 2016 F1 season to say honestly and then um, blue He's flags. Um, but yes, yeah, so so that's another point to Adam. Actually. Another point to Adam. That makes it 4-3. So, this is this is getting exciting, guys. Um, Comeback starts now for Mister Dickinson. Mr. It didn't
2: start two questions ago when I started getting them
0: right. No. Yeah, it did. It did start, <laughs> then, but we didn't hype it up so much because he, he didn't. Nigel, yeah, Nigel nearly got that, but Nigel could seal it in this one. It's game point. Question nine: Who set the fastest lap in the 2016 Spanish race? Adam. Adam, go. Ricardo? No, Nigel. Oh,
1: I I would have thought it was Ricardo. It wasn't. It it. I know cause <laughs> <that's> a, uh,
0: <laughs> so it I'm, wasn't. Ricardo? Who was it? Metal then?
1: No. What's let's it mean, let's throw it back to
2: Adam. Them? Verstappen. No, Nigel. Mm. Thought that was too obvious. Well, it
1: wasn't the two Mercedes, was it? So no.
2: It's
1: maybe be Nigel. It's you gonna think? have so. B Science.
0: No, Adam. Räikkönen? No, Nigel.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of the 26th. Julian Palmer?
0: No. <laughs> There's a beautiful irony to it. That's a bit of a clue. Adam. <laughs> uh,
2: Hulkenberg.
0: No. Nigel. Uh oh
2: gosh.
1: Perez?
0: No. <laughs> <How much does laughs> yeah. That's half
2: the grid, surely. You said Palmer <laughs> or <had> the other <laughs> Adam. Um, i was trying to think. He was on
0: Bottas. He was on the grid. No, he finished fourth. He was fifth. He was quite distant. Um,
2: didn't get the fastest lap. Well, Williams was not too bad in that. It season. can't
1: have been McLaren Honda. It's not them. So I'm no, not going to say. I'm not going to say them. So Massa.
2: No. I <laughs> <know>. <laughs> so we've been. It's not the Mercedes. It's not McLaren. It's not Ferrari. It's not Red Bull. It's not Williams. Not so, Stade, not it's not, sorry, it's not, so not Force India. Not so. It's not. Palmer. It's not Palmer. So <laughs> no, there are twenty-two Magnuson? drivers on the
0: grid. It wasn't Magnussen. No, that's the Renault drivers done. John? No. There's only one left then.
2: Is there? Yeah. Oh, this is just a test of what who was on the <laughs> Who was on the twenty sixteen grid. Yeah, who we know It
1: wasn't Manda, no, was it? it?
0: No, it wasn't Rio <laughs> Harianto.
1: <laughs> um <laughs> oh, that's <but>. a throwback.
0: <laughs> Thumbnail Rio it wasn't Rio Harianto, Anto I could have put that in. <laughs> um, uh, Come on. There's only maybe. a couple of times you haven't said. Kavia. Yes, it was Kavia. <laughs> That's the beautiful yeah. irony to it that I alluded to. Yeah. Was
2: rock one, one, to I was thinking Hartley. I was thinking Hartley and then I remembered, no, it was, it was Kavia. Yeah.
0: This oh, gives us... question. I think so. We got to, I yeah, I quite like that. Once we got through irony it, to it, it, I do quite like that. I, um, yeah. I thought I, I remembered it and I put it down and I thought, oh, I should double check that. So obviously mm. the podcast, I double check to see if Kavita got the fastest slap. I and mean, he had done, but now we're on to question 10. And this is a deciding question for the quiz because you're on four, four, because one of the questions none of you got a point because I can't remember <laughs> why. Um, but you know,
2: oh, we,
0: we barely got a point on that the one. chaotic energy <laughs> to this anarchic. Yeah, I know I, I was just doing that so Adam could get it to generate, you know, this is kind of a DRS gimmick of a finale, but let's do with it. Double <laughs> points. No, um, Okay, question ten: The decider, the Nigel Adam head-to-head tete-a-tete, Ma- mano a <laughs> e mano. <laughs> Let's go. After the, the 2016, Zoom call cuts off. yeah. After the twenty sixteen Spanish Grand Prix, who was second in the drivers' championship? Adam. Adam. Ricardo. No, Nigel. It's never Ricardo.
1: Oh, Bottas. No. There we go again.
2: <laughs> um, Adam. I mean, we're just going back and forth, aren't we? Um, Vettel.
0: No. Um, Räikkönen? Yes, it was Räikkönen. Räikkönen was second in oh. the championship after the 1060 Grand Prix. Oh, that puts Nigel on five points, Adam on four, and that means Nigel wins the quiz. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Wow. Really? Happy Nigel, got a few words to say? I,
1: I'm very, very happy that I dedicate this win to Kimmy Ryken for getting me that final answer. Yeah.
0: I dedicated it to love moment. <laughs> Adam, do you have any, any words to say in
2: defeat? Are you gracious? Are you annoyed? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, if but <laughs> if you're gonna win it then Kimmy's quite a good one. Good driver to win it on. Um Yeah. Yeah, you know, it was a close close fight, came down to the final race which is what we want to see you know for the good of the sport it's is what we want you know yeah, we don't want to see people time, dominate the quizzes
1: do we <laughs>
2: yeah obviously no, wasn't didn't exactly. get the result this time but you know just have to go back not too far away and um, yeah just recharge the battery for next time of course yeah and don't forget Thanks.
0: to thank the fans yeah definitely that's what i was going to
2: say <laughs> there aren't any it's, they're not allowed in no they turn off by this bit um
0: this is just for us, a I bit think of They fun. turned
2: off halfway through the uh Parma,
0: Science. Not McLaren Honda, not Rio <laughs> Harry,
2: <Potter>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so that's four wins for Freddie, two for me, and one for Adam, I think,
2: after. Here's Nigel. Did you have a tiebreaker? I didn't know,
0: thankfully. Oh. <laughs> um, I did have another question that I deleted at one point. I had the fastest lap of the 2012 race. Oh, um, and that was being <laughs> a bit mean. So that was Grosjean for all of you. 2012 fastest lap. stands the one, out there. But yes, the I think we're going to have to wrap it up now. Oh yeah, Adam, yeah. you finish and then we can wrap it
2: That's up. The, the ones we didn't guess were Grosjean. or oh, did one of us guess Grosjean? Yeah, yes, Grosjean. Didn't, okay, didn't guess Kittieres. You line. Um, Verline, or Ericsson or Naza those are the ones we missed out Ericsson and NASA had a
0: weird season they got nothing happened to them ever for the whole week a whole year anyway in
2: 2016 I like Swedish flag,
0: though. yes and Adam as Adam plugs his <laughs> flags podcast where you can <laughs> discuss flags over audio flagging it, flagging it. <laughs> um we are going to wrap it up here, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We have had a brilliant time with the Winging F1 podcast Spanish Grand Prix preview stroke Racing Point rant uh, today. Nigel, um, did you have a good time?
1: Amazing time. What a great day. Uh, great morning, I mean.
2: Wow. Adam, <laughs> did you have fun? Yeah, I had a lot of fun.
0: That's good. <laughs> you sound thrilled. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah Freddie, it was great. There Looked we go. It. That's what we want. That's the trailer. Um for everything. We're gonna put that on my C V. Cool. So thank you everyone for listening, watching, um, having on in the background on loop to give us views. That's a good idea. I do that. And um so where can you find us is the question that we ask at the end of every podcast, despite you having found us you can find us on twitter at wing f1 we've got our own little twitter account there we tweet about when things go online and every now and again nigel puts up a gif um we um (laughs) are on Acast, who is our podcast provider website we've got a little website where you can go and click on all our episodes that's about it you can listen to them too you can find us on spotify you can find us on apple podcasts and of course you can find us on youtube where you can just see it as well as hear it. It's a thrilling, thrilling platform. So you can find me on Twitter at Fredcoats1999. You can find Nigel at Nigel C. Jurner. You can find Adam at Adam Dickinson2001, or is it just 01, Adam? It's just 01, Freddie. You've
2: messed that one up.
0: I might have given away his Instagram to all of you Adam fans. <laughs> um, so after we give that cheeky <laughs> wink to Adam, I think it's time to say... Uh, adios. adios That's it I couldn't <laughs> think it I was so close to Saying hasta la vista But that probably Would have offended <laughs> someone Anyway Thank you very much For watching guys And see you after the Grand Prix Hasta la vista Bye